I swear. Wrestling Podcast. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the A Squared Circle Wrestling Podcast. Um, again, we missed another week. It's Andy Gordon alongside Andy Boy Simmons. And uh, full disclosure, it was actually all my fault last week. So, um, we make me blame my blame my mother, blame my wife. I'm not sure. Why do we need to blame your family? Well, so. because they knew I had a busy Wednesday. I've always got a busy Wednesday, whether it's personal training sessions at the at, at gym now, or whether it's personal training sessions at the wrestling school. Um, and they made me stay in and work, wait for the new kitchen worktop. Wow. So that's that's why. And how's the new kitchen worktop working out for Well, you? it came last Wednesday, but it got fitted on Friday. They did the majority of it, and then the bloke had to come around again yesterday uh, because he didn't do all of it. He left, like, a big section of it out. Wow. And w- the, the part that we keep the guinea pig on, like, in a cage, obviously. In the kitchen? Yeah. Isn't that a bit unhygienic, having a guinea pig in the kitchen? Uh, well, I've not it's died no, yet. It's no different to mice in the kitchen. That's why you're always ill. No. Nah. Rodents carry disease. Um, I mean, is, is a guinea it, pig you a rodent? Make it, you make it... Oh, uh, he might be. Um, but you're making it sound way worse than it really is. Um, in what respect? You have a guinea pig. Well, you're pig. making it you sound like my house, guinea is, pig. house is messy. It's not. He's a... He's a very tidy guinea pig, actually. Um, I don't know. If, you want to, if you've got a problem with it, mate, take it up with my wife. But actually, as of now, he's outside. And the handyman that came to do the... That's a bit cruel, isn't it, keeping a guinea pig outside? Well, that's what they do. They live in hutches. Inside, lovely. Conservatory pet. I don't have a conservatory. I'm not a millionaire like you. You could put it in your uh, your shed. Sorry, I mean office. No, <laughs> I've got a shed and I've got a summer house, which is... Well, a summer house. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which I did up. Yeah, actually, we had uh, Alex around yesterday. He put up all my pictures and put up uh, some pictures around the house, some pictures in the office. God bless Alex. Yeah, 100 quid that cost me to put some pictures on the wall. But there you go. You can't put a price on memories, can no. you? Um, so is that all you've been up to? Anything uh, else exciting, entertaining? Uh, no, we have. We, had, we always say this, but always, we, we always do. We had training. That was good. Getting ready for our next event at the Buckland Community Centre on June the 8th. Uh, which I'm not even sure you knew was confirmed because I only confirmed it this morning. No, I knew it was. Uh, I knew it was penciled, but we <laughs> yeah. had to wait to see if Ange was going to let it. it happen. Yeah, yeah. Ange just sorted. She uh, seemed quite optimistic when we spoke last. But yeah, yeah. Ange just confirmed because I think Trish is going to come in and cover for her. God bless Trish. Yeah. So thank you, Trish, for coming <laughs> in. We know you're listening. And uh, and the the fans of Portsmouth would like to also say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, so uh, so yeah, so since we last spoke, we obviously had a fantastic, I think, uh, the best one we've ever done. Um, well, no, the best one we've ever done at the Buckland Community Centre. So I think there's a lot of history at, Bu- at the Buckland Community Centre. So in terms of people who've had their first matches there or who have wrestled there, who've gone on to do fantastic things in the wrestling business, not myself included, uh, but I had my first match there. Uh, Paul Bircher had his first match there. Uh, I... I don't think PJ Black would have had his first match there. You know, some guys have gone on to do some good things. So, um, yeah, I was very, very happy with the uh, the wrestling show. But we're going to get to that in a minute because we're going to play our game. Well, okay, whatever. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, I know how your I'm wife sorry. feels now. And I think that like, we've, we've spotted why there's all the, uh, the, why there's so much, you know, uh, conflict in your relationship. Because all I do is talk about myself. Yeah, and you don't yeah. give her a chance to, you know... She's, she wouldn't have any good input. But anyway. just, just every now and again, just say, you know, how's your day, dear? <laughs> I, actually, I really do. I'm a very, very good. Okay, husband. so what did she get up to yesterday? Um, oh God, uh, what day was this? Tuesday. Uh, you don't know, do you? <laughs> I don't know. But this morning she went. She did a shift in Jade News, 
because I took Poppy to Jiggly Wigglers. Jiggly Wigglers. Calvin's been there before. Oh, has he really? Yeah. yeah Jiggly w- obviously not the same. Uh, no, we go to uh, Whiteley. Very upmarket. Um, yeah, we go to Fratton. No, we don't go to Fratton. I know, but baby activities can be expensive. Yeah. yeah. And do you know what? Lindsay said to me, oh, I said, she goes, do you want to take Poppy to Jiggly Wigglers? I was like, not really. I don't want to be the only dad there. She goes, no, there's loads of dads there today. So she went, yes. Oh, that's what she did yesterday. She went to Jiggly Wigglers. So she said, do you want to take Poppy again to Jiggly Wigglers? I said, no. I said, I don't want to be the only dad there. And she said, you won't be. There's loads of dads there today. Guess how many dads were there today? One, you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it was fine. And Poppy loved it. And to be fair, it was quite nice, actually. I bet you loved it, didn't you? No, I had a great time. Didn't mm. talk to anyone. But <laughs> 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 Just sat on my own in the corner and danced with Poppy a bit. Yeah. <laughs> the Baby Shark. Baby Shark, dude. I hate that song. Oh, I quite And like I hate it. the fact that, um, I don't know if you've ever listened to, Alexa. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I like to wind people's Alexas up. Oh, okay. So when I say, Alexa, play Baby Shark. That Some, someone, someone somewhere. somewhere, their Alexa's going off and it's playing. Alexa, stop. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I'd keep it going. Alexa, restart song. <laughs> Okay, so we're going again. Um, but there's one channel on the Alexa, um, the Amazon Echo, which, um, and it's like one of their playlists. You say, play children's music. And every, and I don't know what I say. Like, sometimes I say, play kids' music. Sometimes, sometimes I say, play children's music. Sometimes I play, say, play nursery rhymes or whatever I say. But there's one of the, the, the playlists they have, which has about five different versions of Baby Shark. <laughs> but... It's it's the same song, yeah. but they just change the, the tune slightly. Okay. So like they might have a slow version. All right. Like and there's one which is like, to. baby shark, do 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 do, baby shark. Yeah, I've so heard that different, on YouTube. Yeah. You know, so it's it's the same, just a different. They just change it up slightly. Yeah. yeah. Winds me up, so I don't like that song. Okay. Um. Anyway. But I'm sure you let Calvin listen to it anyway. Yeah. But he he prefers. You put your headphones in. He there. prefers, and I prefer <laughs> the original. Okay. Okay. Um, so what have you been doing? Tell me. Oh, tell uh, the listeners. So really, I feel my last week was I would I was relishing last week's episode because I was all excited about um, the weekend of professional wrestling. Yeah. With the 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 contenders show, and then on the Sunday we had the show in Southampton. Um, which was a very good show, which flowed l- wonderfully, and I was very, very happy with the uh, the progress of um, our contenders division, and uh, and also seeing some of our our graduates of the Portsmouth School of Wrestling doing so well. Mm. So I felt that it lent very nicely onto our topic that we're going to discuss, um, and also um, what I what I enjoyed a lot as well was. Uh, we had the camps as well, um, so obviously it's just been a very busy time for for, for wrestling in our in our little country, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, but this past weekend has been a bank holiday weekend, so um, I I've done some lovely. I've just been a just been a good dad, really. Have you? I went to uh, on Sunday. We went to a farm. We go to Staunton. Oh, Lindsay goes over yeah. Poppy. Yeah. Got a uh, little membership card gimmick. Yep. So. So is Poppy. So, but well, I don't Poppy will. Well, Pop- will. Poppy won't. Her mum will. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because under freeze are free. Oh, are they? Yeah. Oh, I should take her then. So, but like you have to pay for you have to pay for yourself. Yes. Um, but I got me and Haley cards because I'm just a generous kind of guy. Because you're a millionaire. We've been to. This. I wish I was. What's that for a year's membership? Hundred quid? No, it's like <laughs> it's literally something like twenty, thirty quid. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but it gets you 
So it gets you free entry. Yep. So I think we worked out we had to go three times to make it yeah. worthwhile. So maybe 30 quid. Okay. Right. Um, but it gets you free entry, mm-hmm. free car parking, and 10% off at the gift shop and at the, the food place. Oh, right. well, that's so, good. Um, so we got to go one more time to get our money's worth. And uh, as well, and you then you've broken even or you're We've up? broken even. Oh, okay. But we might be up if you take into account the 10% I saved on the duck hat that I bought Calvin. Do some, do some maths and give it to us next so week. I will do, yeah. yeah. Um, but we went to a farm. He really loved it. He really loves it. He's touching the animals. It's nice. Yeah. Um, and maybe we could all go together. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And uh, Well, the last thing I said we should do socially, we still haven't done. What's that? Go see fighting my family. It's too <laughs> late for that now, isn't it? We'll <laughs> wait for it to come. Wait for it to get on Netflix, and then we'll uh, yeah, we'll discuss. Then we'll review it. Yeah. Um. Uh. And then on the on the Monday, Bank Holiday Monday, I took him to the Sea Life Centre again. And again, we we went to the Sea Life Centre a few months ago, but he was a lot smaller. Yeah. And he just have, you know, babies appreciate they appreciate it more, don't they? Yeah, that's good. And like you know, like with babies, it, it explains to me a lot why I, why I watched the um, Roy- Battle Royal at the Albert Hall. So many times, even though it was cack, mm-hmm. because when you're little, <laughs> but it was yeah. But when you were little, it wasn't cack. No, I know, but I've I've already told the story about when I realised it wasn't very good. Was when I was watching it at Auntie Venice's house, um, and uh, and it was just so long and boring. And I was <laughs> like, this is really isn't that good. But I've watched it like a hundred times. But Maybe just boring. And I was young at this time. Mm. But the point is, we watch it. We rewatch stuff over and over and over again as kids, right? Yeah. And I'm sure, like you can think about films you watch with Poppy oh, over and over and over. Oh, again. not not yet. She's not into films yet. Oh, really? No. Okay. Well, Finley. But, but like Finley, we watch Cars. Yeah. Yeah, Lightning McQueen. And how many times yeah. do you reckon you've watched that? We watched it at, at, at least one time. We watched it back to back twice. Wow, that's so unbelievable. Yeah, and it's like, can we watch it again? Okay. <laughs> Absolutely <Sure>. not. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. The point being is when you're young, yeah. you notice different things every time, and it's mm. all it's all about sensory stuff, isn't it? So, a fish, so, are good. Yeah. so a fish are good because obviously they're all swimming around the place, and there's sort of lights shining off the fish tanks and whatever. Yeah. So yeah, he thoroughly enjoyed himself. Oh, good. So um, turning into a little boy. Mm-hmm. It's funny you say that all the time. Like when they they go from being babies to like actual human beings. Right? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I think that <laughs> I think that Calvin's undergoing that transition as we speak. Yeah, yeah. So. It's nice when they start talking. Yeah. yeah, like Poppy just, I, Poppy can't, no one wants to hear about this at all, but I'll tell you anyway, Poppy came in from, uh, I think her nan's yesterday, and she just came into my arms, and she just went, what's that? And pointed at something, and I was just like, oh, that's the first time I've ever heard her ask a question, I think, actually, like, what's and that? Did you know the answer? Uh, yeah, I think it was just actually my bright green t-shirt, <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I just thought it was daddy's t-shirt, so. So she's clearly not a fan of your, uh. Dress sense. Fashion no. taste, yeah. No. But yeah, that's what I mean. Like, uh, yeah, when they start to become little people, they become far more interesting. So, should uh, we make this uh, podcast more interesting? Well, I thought, I think uh, I'm done. Let's um, talk about, let's do the game. So it's time for... This is what you've all been waiting it's for. It's time for Andy and Andy's 30-week wrestling challenge. <laughs> you can't see it, but I actually did a hand... You do the hand Gesture. every time, I think. Do I do really? Yeah. This is the first time I've noticed it. Yeah, you do it every single time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This week, we're on week 21. Okay. Most overrated. Bret Hart. No, I'm it. Right. Uh, most overrated. Um, okay. I've got one. Go on. But it's quite a, you know, for someone still in, still in the business... 
fucking I'll get in trouble for this. Go on. And it's only because Eric Bischoff, I listen to Eric Bischoff's podcast every week, and he was talking about um, the Hollywood blondes. Do you think? It's just like one of those, like, people moan. And I, I'm generalising wrestling fans here, but the general consensus amongst uh, smarter wrestling fans is, oh, they, they pulled the rug out from the Hollywood blondes. If they hadn't have done that, would we have got Stone Cold Steve Austin, therefore saved the whole wrestling industry as a whole? Who knows? But I, Who don't, knows? Think, but I don't think they're overrated as a tag team. Um, I oh. don't think you can. I don't think you can call like start looking at the butterfly effect as a reason to say something's overrated or not. I think I look at the Hollywood Blondes and I remember as a child. Again, yeah. I've not historically. I've not really looked back at the, the Hollywood Blondes, uh-huh. um, but historically, I I loved the Hollywood Blondes. Yeah. Right. As I've told you, like as I've told you, like I don't know why. Mm. I just they were. Uh, even though like I, it was a time when I was cheering the baby faces, but for whatever reason, there was something about them. the Hollywood blondes that I liked. Okay. And uh, and I think it was... But do you know what I actually think it was? I actually loved Brian Pillman. Okay. Right? I loved, flying, I loved flying Brian. And that's why I think, you know, I told you the story about ripping that poster of the Hollywood blondes and I kept half of uh, yeah. the Brian Pillman half up on the wall, you know, and yeah. threw away the Steve Austin yeah. part. And then like a couple of months later, I was like, why did I do that? I know it's not real and, mm. you know... Okay. But Brian Pillman, I always had an affinity towards him, so I think that that so was... you're going with the Hollywood Blondes? No, I'm not going with the Hollywood <laughs> Blondes as the most overrated. Okay. Uh, all right, I'm going to stick to that, because... Yeah. Okay, cause you, you stick to your... I've you got sti- plows over this. You so. stick to your guns. Yeah. I'm going to go with... Ooh, tough one. Um, I thought you were going to say tugboat. Nah. Uh, it's tough, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, if you're looking at current... Yeah, I'll, probably get, Roman Reigns. I'll probably get crucified. I'd probably say Randy Orton. Ooh! That's a right. bit strong. And I'll tell you why. Go on. Okay, so I think Randy Orton's an exceptional wrestler. Yeah. He can be an exceptional wrestler, and he's had some exceptional matches. But I can't remember the last time I was interested in a Randy Orton match. Okay. I think that's probably my only argument. Yeah. Because, like, in terms of, like... Because t- so to be overrated, you have to be... I believe you have to be a a top top guy, right? Yeah. I don't think we can pick a mid card like we can say like oh Jinder Mahal, but yeah, like, or Ty Dillinger. Yeah. Oh no no he'd be probably one of the oh, underrated actually. Okay. Rewind, scratch that. Yeah. Forget about Randy Orton. <laughs> okay, go on. Baron Corbin. Is overrated. Overrated. But no one would. But our Twitter audience that we know very well. Our don't Twitter rate him audience at all. might not rate him at all, but. The WWE office obviously does because he's main evented many many weeks of Raw. Yeah. Um, he was chosen for Kurt Angle's retirement match. Yeah. And he's really not very good, is he? <laughs> okay. Like, re- like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, he yeah. wrestles in like bloody. You know, like yeah. if anyone else was wrestling in that, if WWE, I mean, if you sent a tape to WWE wrestling in <laughs> what he wrestles in, <laughs> WWE would hit the roof, yeah. right? Yeah. These backyarders, <laughs> these indie boys, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. So, All right. Baron Corbin Baron is my Corbin. choice. Okay. And uh, and I apologise to Randy Orton. You're not my choice. I think, you're, like I said, I think you're an exceptional wrestler. Uh, he sounds like your second most overrated. I just, I just, honestly, I just can't, re- like, can you remember the last... One of his matches that you were enthralled by. Do you know what, what match I was, I'm going to say buzzing, because I've not been buzzing about wrestling for ages. Yeah, jaded, aren't you? Him and Daniel Bryan, SummerSlam. Which um, I think was like six years ago now. 
No, but Triple H turns heel at the end and they start the authority and he cashes in. Okay, yeah, yeah. Randy, yeah. Or <coughs> Randy Orton, Daniel Bryan, I think. No, it's Daniel Bryan and someone else, isn't it? Daniel Bryan, John Cena. Daniel Bryan and John Cena. Oh, there you go. Oh, so that was your match. Doesn't even include Randy Orton. <laughs> Bob and Bree won the belt at the end. Um, <coughs> okay. So, yeah. All right. Um, yeah, so there we go. Okay. That was, uh, that was it for another week mm -hmm. of your 30-week wrestling challenge. Probably about your 35 to 40-week wrestling <laughs> challenge. Yeah, it'll be a 60-week wrestling challenge by the time we finish. Okay. All right. So, we alluded to it earlier. We are we're having a week where um, we are... We're going to be... Celebrating. Bitter. Are we? Um, no, we're not. No, I'm we're going to celebrate first. So, no. So, 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 so the, the idea behind this week's topic. So, we've, we've spoken about the... the the Portsmouth School of Wrestling, how well everyone's done and how, um, you know, when it gets to shows, you can either, it's almost like that uh, fight or flight, they Sink say. Or swim. Yeah, but there's an actual thing, fight or flight. Yeah, right? yeah I was reading something about So it, it's like that, yeah. your instincts kick in. When, you, when you're in a position of, uh, when you're in, you're kind of backed into a corner, Yeah. you either fight or you run away, you fly. Yeah. Fight or flight. That's kind yeah. of where I guess I that okay. analogies kind of come from. Mm -hmm. Um and throughout our years at the Portsmouth Wrestling School, we've been doing it for a long time now. Um, and when we first opened the wrestling school, I remember Mark Sloan said to me, he said, you'll be very surprised about who stays and who goes. And he said something along the lines of don't ever um, kind of... Um, uh, don't don't expect... Don't expect the unexpected, essentially, in terms of those people who come who are regular. He said, you know, you'll... All of a sudden, people just disappear off the face of the earth. Yeah. You won't see them again. You might have someone pegged as a future superstar. You won't see them again. And and obviously, we've been open now for longer than the FW Academy has been open. Yeah. Was open. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so obviously, within that time, mm -hmm. we've had a number of people who have just disappeared. Yeah. Um, and we're going to talk about some of those people, but not necessarily in a negative light. It's not a. We're not. This isn't designed to be like. Oh, and this person did this, and that person did that, and we're like, no, it's more like this. You let yourself down. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, it's about. Um, I think it's about, uh, you know, looking at. Because again, I don't think people realise with the Portsmouth School of Wrestling. So obviously, we see guys who come through it, the conveyor belt. We see guys like Dan McGee, Curtis Chapman, Rob Lias, Lord Gideon Gray. You know, we see guys like that. Um, who kind of make it through? We've seen Kenneth Halfpenny and Sean Jackson. Um, they've uh, they've kind of gone on to the contenders division. We see people like Zoe Lucas, you know, um, who have come out of our school. So she's we have our brightest star, number one. Yeah, um, she's going to be a star cast. Absolutely, we're not. <laughs> no, <laughs> and we've got a tremendous podcast that we could be. Uh, Bloody you know, we could do it live on stage. Oh, we do a good one, wouldn't we? Yeah, we rat out everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, so <laughs> sorry to throw you off, <laughs> but point being, you you hear about all the success stories, and some people may assume that's all there is. That, and I kind of just want to open the door a little bit into into the wrestling school. Obviously, we've spoken before about people who've turned up and just been absolutely useless and have no place whatsoever in a wrestling school. Yeah, um, mom, I need a coke. Yeah, I was thinking that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we've we've spoken about those people, but in all seriousness, I always say that our wrestling school we're very um, we, it's a different world to to what we were in uh, when when the FWA Academy existed as an example. Um, 
people would be weeded out quickly if they weren't going to pursue it as a career take it that seriously but really we always say with our wrestling school we're open for everyone it doesn't matter what you're actually what your ultimate objective is so whether you want to do it as a hobby or whether you want to do it for a bit of escapism or whether you want to do it to try and turn it into a full-time living or whether you want to do it to be a weekend warrior like we don't judge um on what your uh you know on what what your goals and ambitions are um so this is something that we realize very early is not everyone wants to be a WWE superstar. And even if they do, sometimes the, I d- the sometimes the, the, the journey in getting there is just a leap too far. And I think that it's people who we, we really be talking about people who've, you know, got to a certain level and then that next leap was just too much for yeah, them. Yeah. I'm sure that like all these people we're about to sort of talk about and sort of give you a bit of perspective about, who they are, I think if you said to all of them, if you come back to training for one day, you can be a WWE superstar tomorrow, they'd all be back. Yeah, probably. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, have that, those sort of like, those misconceptions of the fame and the fortune and, you know, it, well, whether they're misconceptions or not actually, but like, you know, they'd all, they, they all, they all love wrestling enough to at least give themselves at least 12 months. Yeah. Go. And, 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 and what I'll say is, um, uh, I, I think that, we always say the hardest part of professional wrestling training is stepping the f- your foot through the door for your first session. Yes. And I appreciate that completely. Um, and, and I still believe that to be true. And I always think once you've made that step, the rest of it is just a, is just a journey, right? And, in, in, uh, and because of that, I didn't think that we would ever lose anyone who had any potential because to me, you make that hard, that tough leap, right? Once you've made that tough leap, getting through the door for your first session, I just kind of think, well, okay, you're in. You're in. Yeah. So, so why would you leave? Because you've done the hardest part, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I, I used to say this quite a lot. Um, and I, I think someone else I saw tweeted something similar. But I was like, I can't understand why no one on the whole planet would not want to be a pro wrestler. Like anyone, do you know what I mean? And that's, I would think that before I'd even step foot in a training school. Like, it was my ambition. It was like, I just I just knew I had to do it. And you could sit here and, and say whether I was a success, obviously not quite the success I wanted to be or dreamt of being. But, um, yeah, I, just, I couldn't ever really understand that, like, right, why would, why would Ollie Scarf, who was into WWE as well with me, like, he, he came to Capital Carnage with me in my class. Like, when I said, let's go to wrestling school, he wasn't interested. I couldn't... What do you mean you're not interested? Of course you're interested. You like WWF, you know? So, but yeah. But, I, but, but, I, well but when I, you're through the door... You know, I like EastEnders, but I don't want to be on East. Actually, I do want to be on EastEnders. Yeah, but I think any badly. actor, but like, I don't know. I'd love to be on EastEnders. Well, wasn't it, wasn't, I think there used to be a thing, didn't there, that like, if you're an actor and you end up on TV, you're considered a sellout. I'm not sure that's the yeah, case anymore. I don't anymore. really know. Like, now it's just about money, 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 you know. Yeah, yeah. Don't have to be a starving yeah. actor anymore, but do I've, you? I have a, a good friend of mine who, um, I say he's a good friend, he was a good friend growing up, very good friend growing up, and we don't really talk anymore, but he, he got into, like, editing and movies and all that kind of thing. And oh, I think I'm, I know him. <laughs> you do know him. Mm. We mentioned him actually a few weeks ago, David. Yeah. And anyway, I'm sure and why is he famous on the A Squared Circle Wrestling Podcast? You don't need to worry anymore because it's all on YouTube. Okay. Um... He nicked all my uh, FWA tapes. Yeah, and taped uh, over them with like arty farty porn. stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, to some people, porn is arty farty, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, so uh, where was I going at this point? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, cool. All right, so let's let's give a few exa- few fun examples of people. So I'd start off Go on. by talking about, uh, and I don't think we need to name everyone. No. And I don't. I can't even remember everyone's names. Yeah. But I will start off by naming someone called Mike. Yes. And I'm not going to say, I go, it doesn't matter what his name is, does it? No. But like when we first started our wrestling school, yep. um, there was about, this is what people don't understand. So some people think that, you 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 know, the, the, the school was built overnight. So we opened the doors and there was tons of people and whatever have you. Now, for our first couple of sessions, there were tons of people because that's just the nature of anything new, right? Yeah. And, th- and there were people like, there were people who turned up who just wanted to get booked, you know, so they were established wrestlers elsewhere. Yes. And there were people who turned up who, I'm thinking of a few guys who um, who were um, kind of almost journeyman trainees. So they'd float well, from training school to training we school. We call them trainees for life. Yeah. Uh, but I think like to explain, jer- like, you know, they float from yeah, one okay. school to another yeah. and they feel that, um, and, and but we didn't know it because again, at the time, this was all new to us. We didn't know anything about anything. No. Okay, so, um, but there were guys who were like decent level and they'd never achieved anything. But then after being with us for like a couple of months, when they st- still hadn't got onto. Because you weren't even, you just, you know your IPW to I, start with, right? So, yeah, so the first, uh, the first couple of months we were IPW and then we switched across to uh, Rev Pro. Rev Pro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is have how we, we lost the story about Jay White? We've told the story. Yeah, we yeah, can tell it again. Yeah. So Jay White was going to come, the Switchblade Jay White was going to come to our training school, the IPW Portsmouth School of Wrestling. Yes. He looked it up online and was all set to come. Um, and then when he got to Portsmouth... Um, so no, no, he no, 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 it's before he left. So, he, I, I, so the story is he, he'd found it, he'd found it, obviously in Portsmouth, and then the changeover must have happened almost like overnight. So it could have been like that kind of timing. So he looked up Saturday night. By Sunday morning, the information had gone or you changed whatever. So, so basically what happened was we changed to Revolution Pro Wrestling, um, but Dan had taken control of the IPW website. He had obviously the logins and password and everything and obviously deleted the information about the IPW Portsmouth School of Wrestling. Yeah, so it wouldn't so have been up all you, that long, So would you it? wouldn't have been able to... No, well, the information was up there for a long while, like for however many months, like say two, three months, whatever, oh, when we opened. I don't know. I don't, we opened I in August. Oh, so it'd be the end of August. Yeah, because I don't, I don't, I'd only know Lindsay a few weeks. So, uh, um... And you changed over your... F- so, but anyway, the, the, but the point being... that yeah. Oh, but no, but the information was up before that because we had a full month before when we launched it. Yeah. So we had a full month of advertising it before we launched it. So um, so anyway, the information was taken down from the website, the IPW website, but obviously it was on the Revolution Pro Wrestling website. But to find the Revolution Pro Wrestling website, you had to use a completely different URL, so revolutionprowrestling.com instead of ipwuk.com. Yes. And he'd obviously logged back onto the computer and the IPW website was still there, the training information was still there, but there was no mention at all of the Portsmouth School, which led him to believe... Which led him to, I believe, Google Portsmouth Wrestling Training. He found VPW, and he, he was just under the impression, well, there's, there can't be two wrestling schools in Portsmouth, um, which were, and then just coincidentally happened to be almost next door to... Well, they, we ended up being next door to each other, but, like, at the time, we were kind of opposite ends of the units, but not far. So he just assumed, oh, I guess his IPW is now called VPW. Yep, and uh, it was the best thing that ever happened to him. Probably. So. Yeah, probably, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, like you know, like we talked about the butterfly effect earlier. You yeah. Know? So. Um, so anyway, 
the first that we had a guy so people then start to filter off flitter off like so you know you got people wanting to impress the first few weeks and then all of a sudden you're down to your your cause like beginner trainees really um but then there was one guy who was dedicated used to come every session didn't he mike his name was michael cattle and and he was good he he had a lot of potential. He had a good little build, and didn't he? He wasn't particularly muscly, but like he looked the he, he looked like a little bruiser. Wrestler. Yeah, and uh, and he was uh he was uh, around until um he then uh and in, there was one session where he was the only person at the session. That's right. Yeah, literally the only person there. I think that's what was the beginning of the end for him. Oh, maybe because he yeah. like again we he essentially did a standard session. But on his own, so we bumped a lot. But That's like, obviously now we'd, but obviously now we'd know not yeah, to do I'd, that. Yeah, I'd probably just say, listen, we'll just do an hour. Do you know what I mean? You got yourself a two hours, a, 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 or like a one-to-one session. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Which will cost you far more than the ten-pound regular yeah. class. So, um, so, uh, so yeah, and uh, one day he just disappeared. That was it. Literally, that was no him. word from him, and he'd bought yeah. like boots, uh, pads. Yes, he did. Yeah. Like, yeah, but there is like. That was the first example, wasn't it? Yeah, like that was the, the first time. But we couldn't. But the first time it happens, you're just like, "Oh, that's weird." Yeah. Like, why is he? You know, why has he done that? Mm-hmm. You know, like, and like, oh, he'll probably be back. And then, like, obviously, after one week, he's not back. Two weeks, he's not back. You message him, don't get a reply. Yeah. And uh, and then he used, didn't he used to do a podcast or something, or he was involved with some. Co- Did form he? Of, Maybe. Yeah, he was involved involved with some form of something something to do with yeah the wrestling uh-huh. and uh and i remember he'd posted something someone had posted something on facebook i don't know if it was like a picture of him as a wrestler on the smackdown versus raw video game or something i don't know but i remember okay. commenting on it and getting no response and but like i say like he was the first one but he was the most dedicated trainee we had yeah and we just lost him vroom, from nowhere uh-huh and it was just like and he was probably he would have been the first um he, I, I'm gonna say he probably would have been our first trained from scratch trainee who wound up getting something in, you know, getting onto our shows. Yeah, and so we started then getting in onto my shows. So we started in August of 2012, and then you'd have had a Selzy in October. So I want to say, yeah, I don't was he, was like, I don't, I don't know. I can't tell you the time scale, but what, yeah. I, but what I'll say is like Alpha, like the first guys that we really had probably would have been. People like Lord Gideon Gray, James Castle, Curtis Chapman. Um, Curtis, well, Kurt, yeah, but Curtis was so so much smaller, wasn't he? He didn't do anything for a long while. Yeah, like if you even if you think back to our first show we did, he was just receiving an award for being a star oh, of the, the future. future, which he still is. And and isn't it? It's funny because the person who got the certificate with him, the young <laughs> lad who got it with him, thought it was like legit, didn't he? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, thought it was a contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Luckily, it wasn't because it didn't work out, did it? No. <laughs> No, but Curtis has done great. Um, We're going to do great things, I'm sure. So, uh, so yeah, so that was uh, that was the story of Mike. Yeah, and we and if you're listening, Mike, you're more than welcome to come. And this is to open to everyone who <laughs> we're talking about. Well, like, we know you're listening, but so. it's not. It's not. Um, I think that uh, another big theory is sort of when people drop out of training, they assume that we're mad at them yeah, yeah, for yeah. dropping out, yes. and then they t- they get worried about coming back in, and then it gets back to this is a f- you know the, the hardest part is taking the step through the door for the first time. Honestly, aside from being disappointed in the potential that, that the wrestler may have, and everyone who we're going to talk about in this episode has a ton of potential. So aside from aside from that, you know, we don't care. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like you make a decision. It's not like we're, you know, we get angry if people don't come or stop coming. It's a, you know, that's your personal decision. That's entirely up to you. Um, but 
you know, it's so, so there's nothing to worry about in that respect. But I do see how that, you know, people might perceive that to be an issue, you know, like, oh, I can't come back now because, you know, uh, everyone's angry. Everyone's, yeah. yeah. And yeah, then, like, yeah. then a month passes and two months pass, passes and three months pass. Yeah. And, and it's just like, oh, I guess I've given up on that trip. Yeah. Then. Yeah. And uh, and it, and it's which is a shame when people have a lot of potential. Yeah, yeah. and another one, uh, which um, was a lad I went to school with. I'd forgotten all about this. We said as we were talking, we we're going to remember people. His name is Chris, and Dipsy. I, yeah, <laughs> I'd known Chris since. So we were inf- like first year of infant school together. Like, what would that be? Four, five. Uh, I so don't you, know. so you're seven in year three, six. So five. Like we went to Liss Infant School together, and we, and then I, so we were together through the Liss Infant School. I went to a different school. For the juniors, and then we met up again in senior school. I wasn't really friendly with him, but we were from a small village called Liss, and our mums knew each other, and his mum knew my, uh, they through the shop, his mum would come in the shop, so, and anyway, uh, so I'd been doing this for 2000, I'd done this for, tw- I was doing this for 12 years at the time, and, but my, so my point about senior school was, we were at senior school together, I was known as like the wrestling fanatic, but it was cool at the time, it was the Attitude Era, so, so it was, you're o- allowed. So it was, it was okay, fine. yeah, and, uh, but he never once mentioned he was into it. I don't think. No, no, I certainly didn't what, Didn't want, once mention it. Probably because you weren't the cool kid. Maybe not. And uh, I was certainly Will, the in-betweener. <laughs> uh, but I didn't have a briefcase. And uh, so anyway, and we were just at training one day, and in walks Chris Phipps. And I was like, I didn't know you were into this. He's oh, like, my God. I was like, uh, yeah, and I was so chuffed uh, that he'd come and come to try it. And uh, he was okay. He was getting the hang of it. I wouldn't say he was a natural, but well, how old would we be? Like, still late 20s. So it wasn't, like, too late for him or whatever for anyone. And uh, and do you remember how that ended? No. We asked him to referee on a Hailing Island show. We When we ran that show on yeah. Hailing Island, I think it was the second trainee show we ever ran. And, uh, and do you remember you went mad at me that day? Yeah, because you... No, it, what, but I took the fall for someone. And I told you that later. So we had the electric curtains and you just spent an absolute fortune on all these speakers. And there's this guy, his name's Martin, who does like some ring announcing. And he pressed a button that made the curtains shut. And we both stood there like, oh my God. Both these speakers topple out. One of them definitely topples yeah, like, like You went, if you've broken it, you're going to fucking pay for that. And I just took the heat in the moment because I was like, well, I can't blame it on this young trainee. So like, yes, but luckily it, didn't, it wasn't broken. No, luckily it wasn't. But yeah. I spent a fortune. Yeah. And it probably would have been me that ended up paying for it as well. Like physically. You probably would have just shirked that and just been like, well, you know. No, I, no like yeah. I don't. You know, <laughs> it's just a young kid. Do you know what I mean? What am I going to be like? Come on, you 18 year old, give us 500 quid or whatever. So anyway, uh, well, I like to think you'd just we'd just got it repaired. Um, so anyway, we asked Chris to referee, um, and did he just not turn up, or did we just? I don't know. You can't remember. I've got oh, no okay. idea. Okay, it was the least of my concerns. Okay, well, it was the biggest of mine because Chris had been for a lot in his life, and I was look. I was really hoping that that, without being too patronising, hoping that he could actually really concentrate on this and be. Uh, commit himself to this even, like even getting into a little bit later in his late 20s I was really really hopeful that uh, he'd f- you know he'd found something to really concentrate his time on and be really productive at but alas unfortunately it was not to be and I don't think I've ever seen him since despite the fact that well, I don't live there anymore but you know that must be why because <laughs> everyone sees everyone in this <laughs> well it's only so, a little village like yeah. I say so hmm. there you go miss you Fipsy <laughs> <laughs> so around uh Around the the time of the thir- we, when we started the training school, so that would have been, so we were leading into 
my first show at York Hall, right? It was all around the same time. It wasn't, I, I know, it, so say we opened in August, York, the first York Hall show was the following June. Yes. Um, and uh, um, and we had, and like I say, we had wrestlers who had been wrestlers before and who, um, who've been wrestlers before? Is that, who were actually trained wrestlers yeah. when they came to our school and would just kind of come in and... I, to me, I think it's madness when people become professional wrestlers. I think it's, it's madness the people who are professional wrestlers who then stop coming to training, because I, I look at, for example, football. Yeah. Like Wayne Rooney doesn't. Obviously Wayne Rooney is a dated reference, isn't he? But like, Wayne Marcus Rashford, Harry Kane is a. Well, we, I've just gone with like Marcus Rashford because Man United. Same. Oh, know. okay. I don't um, know who he is. Okay. You don't know who he is. No. Um, Marcus Rashford was uh, if he he like he's a professional football player, gets paid loads of money, but obviously mm-hmm. he still goes to training. Yeah, yeah. to get better at it, mm-hmm. um, and to stay sharp and focused and whatever have you. I know wrestling is a different kettle of fish, but I think you can still apply that to wrestling. Yeah, you know, people still practice. Um, so I always admire when we have people who are fully trained professional wrestlers who have wrestled around the circuit who then come to our wrestling school with no ego whatsoever and and they either want to better themselves or to stay stay sharp or to try and open the door in another to revolution pro wrestling for example in another another way to do it other than because obviously it's real easy like i've stated time and time again like it's the world has changed like it used to be a lot of hassle to get to get in front of a promoter when we were breaking in before like really just we kind of we we were a part of that internet era weren't we like in terms of like we could use myspace to get bookings yeah um, and that was a big source of a lot of bookings but just before that so probably our first year or two into the business the only way you could really get in would be right by recommendation from another wrestler so for example if you were on the show you'd be like oh i've got a referee as well who Mm. lives locally is very good like Mm -hmm. do you want to give him an opportunity or by physically going to the professional wrestling show and introducing yourself to the promoter yeah and hoping next time uh, yeah you get asked to do it next time and you know and and helping out with a ring and and doing whatever you know just getting yourself known in front of the promoter but now it's as easy as sending a facebook message and some in some many ways it's too easy because people have said time and time again you get those messages with people sending you the message where it's like hi i'd very much like to work for you at preston city wrestling (laughs) you know i only use them as an example because once uh stephen flutter outed someone for messaging him saying oh did he i'd like to wrestle for revolution pro wrestling Uh, okay um but you know what i mean when you can't do simple stuff like that it's yeah you know it's not going to be a good um, and anyway, I get so many messages, and I'm useless at replying to messages. Anyone who knows me knows, um, and that's how you get many messages, isn't it? Hundreds. Like, oh, yeah. Um, I'd like to, <laughs> I'd like to get hold of Andy. Can you pass this on? And you're like, don't worry, I've already, I've got you booked for it, mate. Don't worry, you're in. <laughs> you're in. You're in. All you got to do is send Andy a message saying that I said you're in. Can you, can you make um, your call next, next <laughs> Friday? Um, and. Uh, so it's, it's very hard. So another way to get in is obviously is by turning up at a training school. Yeah. Because obviously when you're in front of me, like, you know, I can't, I can't close my eyes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and if you're good, then you'll wind up getting booked. And there's been many guys who've turned up at our training school, like Michael Oku, for example. Yeah. He's one of the first guys, you know, well, I say one of the first guys, he's one of the most recent guys who've turned up at the training school and wound up getting, um, 
you know, put on shows because of it. He he's was coupled with coming along to the shows to help out, etc. But I wouldn't have even known who he was unless he turned up at the training school and I saw yeah. he was saw he could go, saw he was competent, you know. Um so there's Priscilla. Uh, and Ollie Burns. Yep. You know, moved back to Portsmouth specifically to train with us. Boom, had his first run out last Saturday at the Buckland Community Centre and absolutely uh, killed it. And then but then that's a, but again that's a first step, isn't it? So but like get but again getting on that first step and then then I can see them in front of a crowd and then we can see like oh this is what we can do you know and uh, so it's quite a smart move really and one of the first people to do it was um, a guy who still wrestles now Carl Atlas um, and he's a, I've always think, thought Carl was a real good heavyweight wrestler and uh, um, and he can move real good for a big man as well but exceptionally good do you know what I mean yeah. like he can he's so light on his feet he's coordinated he's He's uh, he's uh, he's got every all the tools, probably apart from maybe like. Do you know what I mean? If he if he hardened himself up in the gym a bit, he'd have all the tools to make it. Yeah, and like and cardio wise, he's uh, you know, and and he'd be the first to tell you that. And um, and but he was coming to our sessions, and I was really impressed by him. Um, and uh, and he was actually um, and and this this was probably the first time when. I was like, oh, this is weird. Like, uh, <laughs> like <laughs> but not the last. Um, like, so I'd seen a lot in Carl and I thought he was great and he could do this tremendous, um, you know, like Christopher Daniels' moonsault, best moonsault, best moonsault ever. ever. He could do a great one of them. But, yeah, like, but he's a big, heavy set yeah, guy. Yeah, it's so much, so impressive. But it's so graceful. Yeah, it's absolutely. Not, he's not like, not like barely, <laughs> but he, he's nailing it every time. He's yeah. an expert at it. Yeah. It's like, for example, it, it's almost like he had the grace that Birchall used to have. Yeah. You know, that kind of... Yeah. That kind of just nice impressiveness. Flow, yeah. like just real... And it's for such a big guy, really impressive. And a good intensity to him. Um, I said to him, listen, work on your cardio a bit. But like... Uh, and, and like, you know... and But I I feel like I can do something with you. And I, I had an idea um, on the first York Hall show for him to run out at the end of... My tag? Uh, your tag team match with you and... Uh, it was you and Rampage against... No, it wasn't. It was... Yeah. Me and Rampage against Dave Mastiff, Dave Mastiff and Harry Smith. Yeah. Yeah. And uh and yeah. at the end of that match, Carl Atlas was gonna run out and attack Dave Mastiff and you were gonna be his advocate. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, unquote. Because yeah. you went through a phase of having advocates. You had Rampage Brown, you had yeah. Walter, um and did you have anyone else? I th- maybe not, no. I don't know. Maybe I did. I can't remember. But yeah, I was looking forward to having Kyle. Main squeezes. Well, it would have worked great with Um, Kyle because I was actually friends with him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it wasn't just like, oh, hi, Walter. Nice to meet you. Right. We're doing an act together today. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, so yeah, so you, it was going to be you and yeah, you with Kyle Atlas running off Dave, trying to run off Dave Mastiff, but he was going to be like a big, and Mm. Dave was like the time, like our big, you know, he'd been just come off a run as champion. Yeah, um, he was a heavyweight uh, wrestler. Wasn't he was he? big heavy. Yeah, and yeah. and 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 I think they, those two would have had those big matches. You know, like we talk about like Ishii and Keith Lee, and like you know those kind of yeah. you know just two heavy set men mm-hmm. going to war. You know, and I think that Dave and uh, and Cole would have had a good little run together. Um, but anyone who knows their Revolution Pros in history knows that didn't happen. No, and uh, the reason was because after telling Cole that. And and he seems super up for it. Yeah, and just to give you a bit more background on Cole, Cole's been like the epitome of like a local Portsmouth wrestler. Yeah, right. So it hasn't really ever 
I mean, I'm not saying he hasn't travelled to countries. He's always he's done like camp runs and he, he's talented. But in terms to of like hall shows, he's never really come out of the, the postcode, you know, the Hampshire region, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and this um, was, for lack of a better term, and I use a bit of a break for him. Yeah, yeah, and I I'd, I'd agree with you. And in, in terms of like not to be like, oh, you work for Rev Pro, you're so huge, but like, yeah, you know, it's a it's exposure on a national level, which you can then use to get exposure on a worldwide level, and it's putting you on the same cards as Jushin Liger. You know, who was on that? Yeah, he was on that bill. You know, yeah. he would have been on that show with Jushin Liger. Then he would have been on the next show with Bret Hart. The next show with Sting. You know, so you and Tanahashi, and you know, you put yourself on that. You put yourself on those cards with those people and it can only lead to positive things for your career if you rise to the occasion. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, and Carl just stopped coming to training and he just disappeared off a, essentially off a face of the earth. Um, and I, and it was almost like in my mind, I didn't know if it was going to be, have you seen the Simpsons episode where Homer is, uh, he asked Marge to go <laughs> to the prom with him <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then he does something stupid. I uh-huh. can't remember what he does. And then, uh, and then he turns up, and then he doesn't, Marge doesn't speak to him in that whole time after that. And then he turns up to pick her up for the prom. Yeah. And he's like, he's avoided her the whole time. Because she's already said yes. Because she said yes, <laughs> and he doesn't want to. Yeah. So, so part of me didn't know if Carl was going to turn up at York Hall. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I've got, you know, I've got that booking now, so yeah. I can just stay away. Yeah. Um, but no, he didn't. Um, he didn't show up. Um, and, uh, and then I later spoke to Carl. He, he later kind of resurfaced, maybe a year or two later. At least, I think. Um, three years later. Yeah. And uh, and he just kind of explained to me at the time, and I don't want to speak out of turn, but he was just kind of, uh, and I don't want to kind of misquote him at all, but the way I interpreted what he said to me was kind of like, he just got a bit of stage fright, essentially. He was like, is this too much for me? He didn't have the confidence and so, and belief in himself yeah. that, he, that he should have done. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I, I don't, I'm not saying this lightly, I don't take this lightly at all when I say this, like I think at the time he had the potential, like we said, like he definitely had the potential to move on, but I never, ever, ever, and you can ask anyone at our training school this as well, because a lot of, I'm sure there's a lot of frustration with people, going, well, why, why don't I get these opportunities, why aren't I on this, why aren't I on that, I never, ever, ever take spots on my main shows for granted. Everyone who gets there gets there on merit. They don't get there because it's like, oh, this person goes to my training school, so yeah. they're going to... And I always say to the guys, like, if you're wrestling... So there's one thing wrestling on the trainee shows. However, if you want to start getting onto the London cockpit and onto your call and onto all the other venues we run around the country, if you want to start doing that, you're no longer competing with trainees... You know, so it's no longer competing for a place on the Buckland Community Centre with a bunch of your peers who are trainees... You're now competing to be on the same level as Will Ospreay, as Zack Sabre Jr. You know, you're competing to be on the same level as the best wrestlers in the world. So if I put you forward for one of those shows and you come from our training school, because if it, especially if you come from a training school, I'm going to be extra hard on you. And if you come from a training school and you get put on those shows, there has to be a reason behind it. I believe that they have the potential to compete on that level. And by putting Carl in that situation, I was saying, I believe you have what it takes to compete on that level. I guess at the time, he didn't feel the same about it. Um, and that's why that didn't transpire. Yeah. Um, so, so again, it's another one of those, you know, it's just a, a shame that it never worked out. Um, and, you know, but I guess maybe it's one of those, you know, it's never too late. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, maybe. You know. Yeah. Um, well, I, I wrestled him a few weeks ago. So oh, yeah, and he's yeah, he's Premier still yeah, yeah, he's still wrestling. But John Fremantle. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was a tag team match against him and uh, 
him and Big Sam. Well, don't tell me the result. I'll call up and find <laughs> out. Yeah. I won't. Um, so, yeah, so that was a, that was an example of a, one of the more established guys who, uh, yeah. who came into the school. So, like, again, I, I'm hoping this illustrates it doesn't matter what level you are when you come to the school. That, like, it, it, it's... you. Everyone's different, you know. It's not like you get there and all of a sudden you're never leaving. And there's not like one... We can never tell, you know. If someone turns up, we can tell if you're going to be good, but we can never tell if you're going to stick it out. Yeah. And when we think you're going to stick it out... You normally we don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and again, but there's been guys who've shown tons of potential. So, for example, um, Matt Jackson is yep. a good example. So he's someone who... Um, again, I don't know if we should be naming names. Should we be naming names? I it's too late now. I'm <laughs> kidding. Well, this is a... So, like... <laughs> stuff on. like that, right? So he is someone who I saw a lot of ability in. Yeah. Right? And so did I. And... But I was super high on him. Yeah, he was your very first contender. And he was my very first contender, yeah. Yeah. And he was he he was my first pick for the contenders division because I thought he was great. Um, and do you know what it was about him that uh, initially, I was like, well, initially I was like, oh, he's really good. Go on. His vertical leap. Oh, yeah. Hell of a leap on the kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I was like, oh, he's an athlete. And then I just was watching him. I was like, he's real good. Um and he's by far from the finished article, but he was someone who I thought was going to be real, real, real good. Um, and I think still could be. Um, but he, uh, in the middle of the contenders run, he was booked for a match. And then someone was like, oh, Matt's not actually going to be there. He's like, oh, why is that? He's like, oh, he's going travelling. But no, he hadn't told me. And he hadn't told me, no. Um, and uh, so I was like, okay. Uh, and I think, I remember when it was, it was around the time we, we did a freeway match with... Um, Curtis, Robbie, and Dan. But it was supposed to be a four-way. This was at the cockpit. Yeah, the cockpit. Maybe it was supposed to be a tag originally. I don't. I, I can't remember if it was a four-way or a tag. It, or maybe it was supposed to be a tag. Um, but um, and we'd we'd worked on bits of it at the school, um, and he hadn't mentioned anything, <laughs> even though we'd worked through stuff. And uh, and anyway, so he went off travelling, um, and uh, and then he came back. And he came back for one session. Because I'd assumed he was going travelling for like a year or whatever. But he was only going for a couple of months. And he came back. He came back for one session. He was like, I'm going to keep coming back. You know, I'm back now or whatever. It's like, cool. Because again, there's never any issue with, 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 you know, people leaving, coming back, leaving, coming, whatever. You know, it doesn't matter. Um, but obviously you're only going to get so far if you're, if you're committed to the cause. Um, but then we just never saw him again. And, like, I don't know, like, he thought that you hated him. Yeah. And I don't know if you'd said anything to him at the session or made a joke or... Not what I remember. But but, but he, when 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 people asked him, like, why, you know, why have you stopped coming to training? He was always like, oh, because, you, because of you, yeah. <laughs> right? And, um, and I just, all I can think is that you just made a comment, which is probably a joke, um, and he's just taking it the wrong way and being like oh he hates me yeah. you know when really you well, were, don't, you were being right. buddy buddy with him yeah um and but then even when we started this you made a little comment which made me think maybe you do hate him well no I don't, well, no, so, I, uh, no because obviously he says what he says now says tries to put it on but, me but um so i was just like oh whatever but then he's resurfaced so obviously he was matt nathan was his wrestling name and then he's resurfaced um in the isle of Wight, where he set up his own wrestling school yeah and 
he's running his own shows. So that's good for him if he wants to, you know, do his own shows and everything. And, and as we said, everyone gets... Uh, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, everyone, everyone has their... Um, as as you said at the top, like everyone's got different ambitions of of why they get into it, and uh, we're not really privy to to that information. And I think that a lot of people would say to us um, what we want to hear. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, no, I, yeah, yeah, whereas yeah. Like I don't care if someone wants to come and do it as a hobby. That's that's cool for you, but you know, if you want to do it as a profession, that's also that's equally cool. You know, um, as we said, like we try to be an inclusive wrestling school yeah, in I, terms of you know, I, I, catering I, for everyone. Yeah, I I know what you're saying. I think I think some people think or assume that unless you're in it for the long haul, we're not going to give you half a chance. You know, we're not going to let you through the doors. So like with with Mark, like Mark was very um, to what Mark taught us, it was very much everything sort of had to be run by him, you know. So, but with us. Well, at least try to be anyway. You know, if 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 you can do it one, if you, if you want to have one match, fine. If you want to do it for a year, uh, as a tick off the bucket list kind of thing, fine. We don't like being lied to, though, do we, Andy? Not really. And no. we're not. And uh, and and that that's an example of what happened with uh, another one of our trainees who frequents the south coast as a pirate. Remember <laughs> that one? <laughs> yes. That just yeah, came to my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another lad I went to school with. Well, that says a lot about your school, really, doesn't it? Yeah. So, so there was one lad, um, Lloyd. I always feel, but every single time we've like named someone, I'm like, oh, I'm just like being horrible. But it's hard to do it without saying their names, isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. there's one lad who did this and this one. So, do you want to tell his story? Yeah. So he, so me and him, we used to wrestle like when we were kids at school, like at break time. Backyard in. No, we were just sort of play wrestling. We had a little mound on. I'm, I'm picturing it in my head now. So there's little mound um that we used to use as the uh use as the ring me lloyd and a couple of other lads and then um yeah they, i mean the, the, that, that's basically as far as it went as we were kids um and then we just lost touch and then did you rock up at the wrestling school one yeah, day he turned up at the wrestling school and uh, as far as we were aware he just wanted to become a professional wrestler yeah and um he uh but again he, he was in his late 20s by this point yeah he was yeah same age as me yeah, yeah. um so uh, you're giving away your age there, aren't you? Yeah. It's assumed that you're in your forties, you know. So me, yeah. people assume it's I'm just in assumed, my forties. Yeah. Well, when I was when I was 21, someone told me I th- they thought I was 30. Yeah. But then I don't think I look Doesn't too bad for me. somebody who's nearly 35. I don't know. Well, Noah's my man. I said I looked the same as I did in that picture of Roddy Piper when she I was 21. Was just clearly being 20. nice, wasn't she? Because <laughs> you don't. She said you've not aged. We, let's post not aged today. Let's post said. the picture side by side, and we'll uh, <laughs> we'll I've let the audience now. be the judge. I've got a beard now. That's well, you could have a shave, and then you could uh, see. Yeah, all right. But um, I'm not suggesting I look young. I've I've aged dramatically. I can I can I'm happy to say that. Yeah, I don't care. Um, but uh, anyway, point being. Um, he uh, he wanted to be a pro wrestler, and he'd come up with a, a, a novel little act. He wanted to be a pirate. Yeah, and, which uh, was fun. And, and, and if there's anything which is that. right up your street, it is a is, good gimmick. Is 1992 WWF gimmicks. <laughs> 2006 SmackDown. Well, oh, gimmicks, sorry, yeah. But but you love your characters, don't you? So like, yeah. Everyone, you like you like the wrestlers to have a profession, don't you? No, no, I like wrestlers to have like a backstory. But yeah, that but that was you did go through a phase of wanting everyone to be. So there was a time when we thought there was two lads at school who could be like the next coming of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, you decided you wanted the Nasty Boys. Yeah, and Nails. 
and you nails, yeah, yeah, and uh, which I still know. maintain the Nasty Boys gimmick. They weren't going to be called the Nasty Boys, but like that. The UK Nasty Boys, <laughs> yeah. Sammy Callahan and <laughs> John Moxley. I was going to say, I'm sure I was called a UK Nasty Boy. Oh, okay. Brian Dixon as well. So yeah. Brian Dixon had uh, John Moxley is now Dean Ambrose, and Sammy Callahan as the UK Nasty Boys. Did he? Yeah, perfect. Um, and uh, so or maybe he, he the US Nasty. Bo- I don't know if they were. Oh, yeah, I was going to say. Maybe they were just the nasty boys, full stop. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I digress. Um, So he'd come up with a a pirate character. um, And obviously, um, I do some holiday camps, and we always have one around uh, Halloween. Halloween. And we're like, oh, well, he's got a. he, like so, he's got a character which is very suitable for a Halloween, and on the Halloween show, it's always wonderful because we always get a pumpkin involved, and someone Lord Gideon Grey normally gets hit over the head with a pumpkin, and yeah. whatever have you. It's always a, it's always a fun time, isn't it? And um, and we were like, oh, he's a Halloween character. This is probably the like because he wasn't great, but he he could do the basics fine. Um, and he and we were quite confident he could do a match. If we were to choreograph a match for him, he could get through a six-minute basic match. Yes. Um, yeah. So um, uh, and like the ha- and it was probably the the first opportunity we'd have, definitely the first opportunity to have to put him on a, sh- a show in front of a forgiving crowd. And the fact that he's dressed up as a pirate means on that Halloween. On Halloween means that he gets extra. Love, yeah, and he was fast tracked. But do you know what I mean? There was like some. But he was fast. But he was fast tracked in the sense of he. We just got the match, put the match together for him. It wasn't like oh yeah yeah, but like we, he wouldn't have been on like even a Buckland. No, Johnny, like yeah a yeah absolutely Buckland yeah yeah show. Like, yeah. He was wasn't like he wasn't capable of having a full match without, um, without choreographing without it move audience. for move. Yeah, and um, and rehearsing it over and over, and and that's what we did. We put him in a match with Crusher Curtis. Um, and uh, and the match ended with him getting squashed by Crusher at the end of the match with a big splash or something. The Vader bomb. Vader bomb. There yeah, we go. Crusher bomb. Um, and uh, so Crusher beats him, and like it's one of those where he loses. And I was like, when I was watching, I was like, oh, we should probably have had him win because like um, I be, but obviously for anyone who knows the camps, the, the the moral is the good guys win at the end. So you don't necessarily have a good guys winning throughout, but we send people home happy. Yeah, um, most of the time. Um, sometimes we send them home fuming mad. Um, like you had a little heel run, didn't you? I did. Yeah, you did a few heel weeks. Yeah, but it all got topped off in the summer at the end of the summer. But me and so. me and Matt made up. Me and the fun star. Yeah, that was my feud, really, wasn't it? Well, you and the fun star, but yeah. you and Joel Masters as well was a big. Oh yeah, was a big run. He's another guy who unlimited potential. Who I mm. don't know what happened to him. Uh, but he never really trained with us, did he? But he was uh, one Not of the IPW lads though, originally, yeah. and then he trained with us. Uh, he's he's threatened to come back a few times, yeah. But he had size. Um, yeah, that big head. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like that big head, big All hands. All famous people have big heads. Yeah, he could have been famous, but he was famous in Selsey one summer, wasn't he? He, he was like a, was. a big super the ladies. Um, but uh, anyway, I digress. But anyway, Lloyd, one, two, three. He's been squashed in the middle of the ring, and then. I look up, I look down, I look up, and he's stood up, he's just popped back to his feet, and he's having a curtain call, like, waving at everyone, <laughs> bowing, like, hey! Yeah. And I was like, okay. Uh, yeah. And then, and then little did I know, and you can probably take the story from here, but, like, I've actually never seen Lloyd again in person since <laughs> that day. So that no. was, what, 2014? 2013, perhaps. 
I'm just trying to. I'm just going to try and find the conversation I had with Lloyd. Don't worry, I won't uh, read the whole thing. But um, just read the parts that make you look good. And that's it. Um, here we go. Oh well, I'll just have to paraphrase it because it's like a mile long. Um, so uh, so he did the match. He kind of you know you kind of you kind of want to take it for granted that um, no, take it for granted is not the right word. You assume you hope that they're not just kind of like oh you know I'll. I'll I'll let them give me a spot on a show because those spots are valuable. So, like on a holiday camp show, there's six shows, uh, six spots maximum. The majority of holiday camp shows, there's four spots available. So anyway, he uh, he was a teacher at the time, and he did this holiday camp uh, for you, and he then disappeared off the face of the earth, which is why you never saw him again. And I want to say he messaged me on Facebook, which is the thing I'm saying here, saying how oh, you know, I've decided. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be coming as regularly. I, you know, I've kind of, I've done it now, um, but I appreciate the opportunity. And then, it, then I, I want to say, like a week later, he called me and he explained to me how he was having to, actually having to quit wrestling completely because he's, like I said, he's a teacher, and I, be, I believe at a private school, and he told me that a couple of students at his school had. Recon- had been at the park, been at Selsey, and had then recognised him at school, and therefore he was terrified his job was going to be compromised. Absolutely, yeah. And yeah, I've just whilst you've uh, and whilst you've uh, been telling that story, I've just been reading through your personal messages on your phone. Yeah. Um, by me reading your conversation with him, and actually the prior message to him, um, essentially leaving, was uh, him. Saying, just wanted to check the match, and he's literally put the match, move the move. Oh, really? Is <laughs> he explained the match, oh, that's move why, the move. That's why the message so, is so, so long. So that right. shows. So that shows you how, um, yeah. just how put together the match was in order to ensure that the people who were at the show were getting a a fair representation of professional wrestling. Because obviously, we still have that responsibility to put on high quality caliber shows. Yes. Um, so, um, but yeah, like you say, he he said that he had to retire from wrestling because. Um, some kids from his school um, had seen him and he couldn't have that kind of image of himself. So that was kind of like, okay, we kind of understand. Yeah, um, like, you know, if, you're, if you've got a good, good, well-paying job, yeah, that could be compromised. In fact, you're so doing this little side hobby. Just do hobby. this little hobby, yeah. Fair, fair enough. And he yeah. wasn't very good, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like he had his moment <coughs> and that was it. Sure. Um, but, then, but then he started to resurface on... <laughs> <laughs> I think I th- excuse me. I think within like six weeks yeah, or so, he started to resurface. It was on resurfacing on, on the, the local the uh, local wrestling circuit. You know the Chris <laughs> K shows and stuff like that. And I remember Chris K messaging me, being like, "Oh, is he one of your lads?" And I was like, "No." Um, yeah, well, by this point, you kind of disown him because you're like, it's insulting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I just alluded to earlier, there's six spots available on those holiday camp shows. He was fast tracked. Because he had the gimmick, and like, which is fair enough. Like that was that's on us. That was our decision to to promote that and put that on. He was just but lucky it was Halloween. Do you know what I mean? It'd be like wrestling, being able to wrestle as Father Christmas, and us having a show over Christmas. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Right, right. Like, oh, you got the outfit. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's put together a match for you. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It, it was. Uh, yeah, but within six weeks, it just became apparent it was all. It, you know. Oh, I just assumed the whole thing was bullshit. You know, that, to even the point where he was recognised by the two Oh, I'm sure in. it was, yeah. yeah. And yeah. it was just like, oh, thank, uh, I'm a wrestler now. Thank you yeah, very much. Thanks for training. I'm thanks a wrestler. Thanks for opening me the I door. Don't need to, yeah, I don't yeah. need to uh, train anymore. And as yeah. I said before, like at the, like in the middle of this somewhere, yeah. about, you know, 
just because you become a pro at something, it doesn't mean you should stop training. Yeah. And especially when you're not very good, like you should definitely... Yeah, but he wasn't a pro, was yeah. he? He did it because he, you know, he, he, he got... I opened the door for him, basically, because I thought, I like Lloyd. We've known each other since we were tiny kids. Yeah. And he loves wrestling. And well, I was just collateral damage. And you were like, and yeah, but I was just... Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but, but I think, actually, what the biggest shame is, he did a good job. So like, well, until he got up at the end and was like, "Thank you." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the things you do take for granted that people understand wrestling yeah. a little bit more. You think you don't need to instruct them to, you know, being annihilated by Crusher Curtis, who was the big heavy, who is a big heavyweight, and for him to just wave off goodbye and you know, thanks for me. Yeah, but there you go. You know, that was probably our first really experience of being heartbroken. Yeah, being yeah. Because it's one thing to have someone uh, just leave. Like Mike leaving with no explanation, yeah. and we still don't know. Mike, if you're listening, <laughs> just speak to us, please, Mike. You've had all um, the potential in the but, world. But it's one thing for someone to leave without, with, like that. It's another thing for someone to leave and say goodbye. Yeah. And as Bret Hart said, there's never been a right time to say goodbye. But it's one thing for someone to leave and say goodbye and say, "Look, this isn't for me." But it's a completely different thing altogether when, when someone's like, essentially. I can't do this anymore because of this, 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 and this. And they pop up down the road yeah. doing the thing that they said they couldn't do to you. So it's kind of, it is almost, it, it, it does almost hurt you a little bit because, well, a lot actually, because you, like, You've been you put in, a complete idiot, and, and like you put in time and effort. Yeah. And I'm, like, I don't recall the, the match, you know, the putting together of a match, but I'm almost certain that would have been extra, extracurricular stuff that, because I know a lot of the time when we put together the matches, we'd come in on a day where we had no That's training not. on. Yeah. And essentially, out of the kindness of our hearts, go through the stuff with them. Well, that's it. Because yeah. um, we want so it to be good for them as well. Like, yeah. it's not. And they, they weren't. They weren't. You know, they weren't paying for us for our time then. We just. We wanted it to be good for them. We, obviously, we wanted the show to be good, but we also wanted it to be good for them. You know, there's nothing worse than going out there being unprepared. And, you know, deer in the headlights, like, and just messing it all up. So, yeah. There you go. I, um, thought, I thought Lloyd was a friend for life. Oh, well, clearly not. Clearly not. Yeah. He's then again, we've had a few of them in wrestling, haven't we? So. Yeah. Um, uh, also, so he was a, someone who came along for one match. Um, and uh, But I always, I like, before he resurfaced, I was just like, oh, well, he's just, you know, he's just... It's a bucket list thing. Yeah. One professional wrestling match. Tick. I'm done. Yeah. Right. Move on. And again, I can understand that. Then there was there's um there was another guy who used to come to us, um, Foggy. Yeah. And uh, and he re- he, again like in my when I picture him, I picture Nelson from The Simpsons. Yeah, which is what I think we said to him. We changed his name to. So uh, Aaron th- Fogg was his name. And uh, and and essentially he was uh, um. He was someone who was, he had, again, just a lot of potential. Um, and I think he, he's had a couple of matches. He had a few matches on, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. on our contenders shows. Yeah. Um, and he was very committed, coming to training every week, um, maybe two sessions a week. You know, he was he was a dedicated trainee um, who had that raw potential to, um, to you know, go on and, and do more stuff. Um, and, like, and, and, and that's one of the things I want to reiterate. He wasn't necessarily the best trainee we had, but he was one of the most dedicated trainees. And because of that, he was probably improving at a more rapid rate than people who were more talented than him. Because we always say with wrestling, you get out what you put in. And I always say, when hard, w- hard work will always beat talent when talent doesn't work hard. So, um, and, and I think that 
I have heard you say that yeah. a few times before. And yeah. I think that Aaron Fogg was an example of that. Um, and we like to try and reward people for being dedicated. Um, and you were, I think, from, from what I remember, he used to bring a little mob with him to the shows as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, we like to, yeah. and we like to try... Where was he from? Is he from the Isle of Wight? I don't know. He might be from the Isle of Wight. Springfield. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we always like to try and reward people who, you know, put in that dedication, um, almost like, you know... Um, not an attendance award, but like hard no, work we, award. We don't do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, stupid, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but you know, like a hard work. Uh, you know, just as, as almost a sign to be like, oh, you know, we uh, we re- we're recognising the time you put in to improve. Yeah. It's, so si- it's quite simple as that, really. So, uh, so on one of our shows, um, we put him in a match, and he liked independent wrestling, didn't he? Big independent wrestling fan. Yeah. So we we put him in a match with Colt Cabana. No, we didn't. Sorry. We put him in a match with um, Matt Classic. Yeah, who? Because uh, who may or may not have been Colt Cabana. I don't think it was. Because we actually saw them wrestle in the same place at the same time, didn't we? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, world-renowned international superstar Matt Classic competed against uh, Aaron Fogg. Aaron Fogg at Buckland. The Buckland Dome. Community Centre. <laughs> yeah, my brother calls it the Buckland Dome. Yeah, that's been his joke for twenty years. Now. Um, that's a good joke. Yeah, no, it is good, to be fair. I still call it that. Um, so, that was at the Buckland Dome. Um, and he had his match, and he did all right, didn't he? He wasn't like... He wasn't... like You know, he wasn't... Hello? Sorry? Yeah, exactly. No, I am... I'm actually finding the message from Aaron, so... Okay. Yeah, carry on. <laughs> so, he did all right, like, in the match. And, like, again, it wasn't like he was a, a world beater on that night. But he got through the match. It was absolutely fine. Everyone, on the, everyone in the, the the show enjoyed it. Um, Matt Classic enjoyed it. So it was it was just a fine match. And then what happened? That was it. Retirement was looming. We should have done a retirement match, really, shouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we'd known. Yeah. It's like guys who cut off their hair before uh, having a hair match. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I know at least two people have done that. So. Um, the uh, yeah, so the 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 the, 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 the <laughs> um, I've lost, I'm tongue tied and lost, um, but yeah, so he he was just done. Yeah, you pulled up the message. You're gonna read it. Or well, it, yeah, basically, I just sent him a message like he. So oh, because he just dropped off the face of the earth. So I guess we were yeah. like, Are you all right, mate? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, so I so normally, or at least the way I was. Um, and the way a lot of my wrestlers are, when they wrestle these guys who are names, they learn a lot and they... Motivates them. Motivates them. Yeah, to so be like, oh, I've just hung with that person. Yeah, maybe therefore. I can do this. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's always the, that's always our intention when we put guys on with yes. people of a, a, a higher calibre. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, but unfortunately, um, quite the opposite happened. He disappeared for a month. I then just messaged him, messaged him going, are you, you okay? Like, you're not happy with the match or whatever? And he said, oh, Andy, to be honest, you know, I picked up a bit of a foot injury at training. And um, and then I, and then his words are, you know, I think I was just, I, I, for about a month, I had, had a foot injury for about a month. But really, looking back, I think I was just using it as an excuse. My passion for it is gone. I've had my match with Colt Cabana now. Matt Classic. Matt Classic. Um, oh, sorry, I was reading the message. Uh, I'm finished. So I was like, oh, that's a shock. But yeah. there you go. That's some people for you. So some people want to tick off that box of wrestling, just wrestling. Other people want to wrestle that one big name. Yeah. And then they're done. 
and uh, and and maybe again like if you do lose your passion because like if you lose a passion for something in life um you tell yourself you still have that passion and then sometimes it takes something as big as that to confirm that you have lost your passion so he may have been feeling that way for a couple of months beforehand yeah and and then he was like, oh, but I'm wrestling. Like, who knows? Maybe when we said you're to him you're wrestling Matt Classic, that bought maybe him an extra... No, well, maybe that bought him an extra few weeks in terms of, like, yeah, you know, yeah. he was think, contemplating jacking it in. Yep. Then that comes around at that time, and it's like almost like, oh, well, that must be a sign to carry on doing it. Sure. Let's get through that. Mm-hmm. And then he does it, and after doing it, you still feel the same. Because, like we say, like, it should motivate you, it should excite you and want you to move to the next level. Um but after doing that, he still felt nothing, and that just com- com- uh, compounded his thoughts. Yeah. You know, um, so that could be another way uh, that it happened. But who knows? Because you know, we're not him. We're not inside his head. But again, that's it. So I, I replied, and you never try and change these people's minds. Apart from you say, "Well, that's a shame," because I thought you were talented and you did well in the match and everything else. And then uh, my my final line was, "If you if you want to get hold of us, you know where we are." And that was... And he just never has. That was four years ago. Never has. Never has. So they didn't reply to that message, which is fine. Like, I didn't expect to reply. away. That's it. Um, but if you're listening, Foggy, yep. always welcome. And again, <laughs> this is to like everyone. <laughs> like, this is just a recruitment drive <laughs> for the Portsmouth <laughs> School of Wrestling. Isn't it just? <laughs> Please come back. Please come back. Yeah. Um, it's amazing the amount of people we've had through the doors over the years. Do you think it? we've had as many as 500 different people? Probably, come? at least. At least, yeah. yeah. I, I want to say 1,000, but I don't know if 1,000. Yeah, because we had, like, and we had, and, and bearing well, bear in mind, like, all we're doing right now, we're going through people who actually had some kind of longevity with us and had some kind of potential in one way or another and got to a stage where we were like, oh, maybe they can become wrestlers and vroom, they're gone. Yeah. Um, <coughs> so just disappear, yeah. For, for a number of reasons. And and again, I'm not knocking anyone's reasons for, for doing any of that stuff, but um, it's uh, yeah, it's just very interesting to see the amount of people who uh, who who are in, out, and shake it all about. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, those one-offs are, are kind of... Um, they're rare, aren't they, where you get someone wrestle a match and then disappear off the face of the earth. But we did have... Um, but we also have some people who, when they get towards their first match, they disappear. Boom. I think. I'm yeah. trying to get you to read my mind. I know who, who I know who you're referring. About. I know exactly who you're referring to, but um, but I'm trying to I'm trying to think of like a terminology to use it. So so this this guy his name was Liam, and he came with his friend. Still is he's still alive? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. I saw him in Tesco's not that long ago, did I? Uh, so he'd come every week with his friend Callum. Um, not Callum broke his arm, didn't he? Callum broke, I believe, his shoulder or collarbone. Nothing or to do about training. Do you know how he did record. it? How? And it's it's terrified me of doing it ever since, even with Finley, who's nine. Uh, arm wrestling. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah, and actually, I think I've heard of that since. Like, kind it's of. You're an arm wrestle. Let's go. I, I think I'm too scared to do it now. I don't really want. Everyone heard that live on air. <laughs> Andy Boyd Simmons just wussed out of an arm wrestling I'd match. I'd smash you in seconds, but mm, just in case. I'd break your arm. So I don't know if he won or lost, but I guess the pressure either. So anyway, Liam and Callum uh, trained every Saturday without fail because it got embarrassing because I kept calling Liam Callum and Callum Liam. Do you remember that? Yeah. Because they were very both... They are very like, similar. Like they were just mates, but they had a lot of similar characteristics. Both very shy, very quiet. But both of them... We're getting better at wrestling, like you say. Like the more you spend, you know, it's it's, uh, it's like I don't, it's not like riding a bike. Um, 
I've ever used the analogy Phil Powers gave me once. Maybe not on the podcast, but you can if you want. <laughs> he said, it's like sex. The more you do it, the better you get at it. Can you do it in his voice? No. Okay. No, because someone said my Phil Powers impression is the worst impression I've ever heard. Really? And like mine's more of a cartoonish as opposed go to on. like an accurate. No, nah, because he'll hear it and he'll go mad. I'll get shit for it. So, uh, so yeah. So, anyway, this is I get the hang of it. <coughs> I messaged Liam. And one of the best parts, I think, of being a wrestling coach is that moment when you tell them, You're booked, kid. You're booked, kid. Because that was a big deal. I can remember Mark telling me, and I might have relayed this one before, but I literally was, Mark said to me, oh, he didn't use my name. He said, we're going to use you and pointed to Dave. And then he said, you and pointed at me. But I'm literally thinking he's not pointing at me. And you're too scared to look either way. Well, I was like, I was looking behind me thinking he's not talking to me. But he was. And I remember that moment was like, oh my God. I'm going to do it. This is my moment. That yeah. was going through your head. It probably was, actually. Yeah, it was only about a year after that song came out. Yeah. The world slowed so, down. <laughs> that's it. I was like, oh, my God, my dreams have come true. He's going to WrestleMania. So, anyway. At the uh, Buckland Dome. <laughs> it, um, so, I know what it's like. And I like to think people get that same feeling now. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Because you don't know. Cause, uh, so most of them completely not react now. They go, yeah. Mm, okay. Mm, whatever. I want it now. I wanted that like two weeks ago. Tell, tell, tell you what it is. They all go, mm, cool. Okay. But then months later, they'll say, when you told me that, I inside, I was going crazy like with excitement. Sell it then. <laughs> yeah. It's a performance Make business. It. <laughs> Make it worth our while, will you? Give yeah. us a kid. Um, to anyone listening, <laughs> we yeah. want a reaction. We want a reaction. We want to know how you feel. So uh, it validates. We want thank us. you, and is yeah. Or trust me, we, it's not like we make a lot of money out of it. So don't. Do you know what I mean? Oh like, no, give us yeah. something. Um, <sighs> tell me about that bit. Oof. So, uh, so I emailed Liam, and keep in mind he put a solid twelve months at least into training, and it was like, right, Liam, we got the rumble coming up in January. You know, we want you to be. We want you to have your first run out in a rumble. In the Rumble. It's not just like, it's not like a, for lack of a better example, it's not a Brian Dixon Rumble. No, it's a hell of a Rumble. It's the Revolution Rumble. We do it every year at the Mount Batten Centre Show. We always have a packed house. And 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 it's always designed to make sure that everyone, for lack of a better term, gets their shit in. Yeah. Like, I always make sure that it's, it's the most, I always swore that I would never do a Rumble like the FWA Gold Rush Rumbles. Do you what? remember? Oh, you didn't I never do it, did, did one. No, no. I didn't do it. No. Oh, so the FWA Gold Rush Rumble was one of the most, uh, it was like, and then so-and-so comes in and they breathe and take a step to the left. It was very, oh, was it? you yeah. know, but this is exactly how we do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, but it, the difference is we're using training. Yeah, ab- yeah absolutely. You know? Yeah, yeah we've, absolutely. Not, we've not got Flash Barker and Jody no, Flash. I wish we did. Yeah. We actually, Jody Flash was in this oh, year. Jody Flash so, was, yeah, yeah. And we need net now for Flash next year's Flash. To complete the set, yeah. So, uh, so I was expecting. I can be the fourth pillar of British wrestling. Who? Flash Barker? Would you agree? Well, if I'm just trying to first. I'm just trying to set. me, Johnny, <laughs> jo- who taken out. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I'd assumed. Oh no, no, no! Sorry, we've got past this. So I tell Liam, I was like, right, January twenty seventh, twenty eighteen, because it would have been last year. You was it the year before? Are you sure it wasn't the no, year 2018, before? No, 2018, definitely. Because okay. this is 2019, obviously. So it's definitely 2018. It's been surprising if it was 2017. No, I don't think it was. 2018. And do you know what you said to me? What? Sorry, I've got work that day. And I was just like, are you kidding? And he's like, nah, I've got work. And what can you <coughs> What can you say? Well, like, I can't, I can't, you can't make these kids do it, but you've got to think, 
just put in a request for time off. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, nah, sorry, I've got work. I suspect you might have replied with something horrible. No, absolutely not. The only not. reason I suspect that is because I've not seen him since. No, he has been back since. Oh, has he? Yeah, he has. Certainly has. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'm go- I'm just lying. I'm just no, trying you're to just trying to make me out to be a bad person. I'm just trying to paint a... I'm just <coughs> trying to entertain the people with my... Yeah. So, yeah, I couldn't believe it. And, and I tried to convince him, but not like aggressively. I was just like, oh, come on, mate. Like, you've trained hard for this. Yeah. He's like, nah, got work. Can't get out of it. Maybe he couldn't, but like he had six, eight weeks leading. He's not around anymore, is he? No. So... so. That was it. But he could be around and he could... <laughs> yeah, like I said, I saw him in Tesco's in Southampton near my house and he's wearing a Rev Pro hoodie. Oh, glad to know he's still wearing the colours. <laughs> yeah, he is, yeah. yeah. Thank you very much, Liam. If you'd like any more hoodies, you can get them at <laughs> shoprevpro.com. Yeah. Um, keep supporting the cause. Yeah. Um, and also, um, uh, what was I going with? Oh, I just slipped my mind completely. Oh. We were talking about Liam, we were talking about hoodies. Yeah, I know. I, got, I started to get greedy thinking about everyone buy, buy the hoodies. Okay. Um, but it was loosely related around him. Um, oh, I know exactly where I was going at. So, also, um, when people disappear and then come back, it's because sometimes we have prodigal sons who return and we're like, oh, you're back. Yeah, and uh, when people do that, sometimes it takes them a little while to catch back up. So, like, I like so ring rust, ring rust. I'm using my hands. Quotation marks. Quotation marks. Ring rust, I believe, is a real thing, right? Not necessarily. So, for example, Pac took a year off of wrestling, right? One of the best wrestlers in the entire planet, right? Don't think that can be argued. He's up there with the very best of them, right? Yeah, and. When he came back, he was still absolutely exceptional, right? But where he is now, compared to where he was in November when he came back, is night and day, right? And he will attribute that to ring rust in terms of he'd taken a... But he could still compete at the very top level when he came back, right? But that's someone who's wrestled the best wrestlers in the world consistently for the last 10 years. Yeah, and and also, like, he'd learnt at the second best wrestling school on the planet. After ours. What was that? The Performance Centre. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was trying to... I was making a joke, but you just ignored okay. it. Never mind. Yeah, no, I was... Sorry. That's okay. Carry on. Well, I was just like, obviously, the, the Performance Centre's number one. Yeah, but that was the joke. I know, yeah. I'm just trying... Okay. I'm trying to be funny as well by being like... Mm. You know. Carry on. We anyway. run the Portsmouth Performance Centre. Don't say that, it gets shut down. <laughs> Cease and desist. Yeah. There's only room for one full time, full time performance centre in the UK. <laughs> Ours? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, carry on. Um, oh, cryptic, aren't we? Yeah. But carry um, on. Uh, Pack, you say now, Pack. Yeah, so now he's wrestling regularly. So, so, yeah. And, and we have people who uh, leave the. Um, who co- who disappear and then come back and disappear and come back. When they come back, they do like so. So he'd been wrestling at the top level, so that's the point I was making. And he had ring rust still, but he was still exceptional and still competing at the top, right? But when you're training, and like you say, the more you do it, the better you get at it. When you've only been doing it for a year, two years, whatever, you've not had much show experience, etc. When you take a break from training and then come back, I believe you lose a lot, lot more 
than, for example, if you're wrestling on the circuit and you take some time off. Would you agree? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> so, like, any time you get in a ring. So, I would say, so, we had training last night. And there was one particular guy. He paid to be there and just sat on his phone most of the time while I was dealing with some of, like, the newer ones. And I said, why don't you get in the ring and just do something? Anytime you're in that ring practicing anything, whether it's the basics or something brand new, you are going to, um, you're obviously going to improve. You're not going to improve sat there on your phone moping around. So. I'm just trying to think who you're talking about. Ah. Oh. Um, but yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, um, and, and I think that it takes, a, and I think that, and again, we never know people's reasons for leaving. And some people leave in frustration and decide, I'm going to give it another try. But then when they come back, they've almost, there's I've been people who've surpassed them from where they, like when they left, the people who were inferior to them are now kind of their equal or better than them. And that leads to more frustration. So it's almost like it creates a, almost a pattern of uh, a self-fulfilling pattern, really, where you, that, where you wind up kind of falling behind. Um, so, um, so we do have people who leave and then come back and leave and come back, um, and uh, and I think that that can also be a negative. I would say. Well, yeah, like any time you're away from the ring and you're not that confident, um, confident, comfortable with a ring, you're going to suffer. Yeah. yeah. Um, like Mal Sanders says, and I say it as well because Mal Sanders said it. <laughs> <laughs> he says it takes ten years to become a good wrestler. Like people don't realise that. Like to become a good, good, a good pro, and that, and and you got to think, Mal Sanders and Steve Gray and guys from that generation, they wrestled four or five nights a week, and it took them ten years to become a wrestler. When guys are only wrestling once a week, once a month, or once a month, twice a week, yeah, twice a month, M- maximum three times a month, it's going to take them forty years to become a good wrestler because they're not wrestling as often. Obviously. You know, things are different now. Like, you know, with, with Mal, for example, he didn't have a training school with two wrestling rings in it in Portsmouth to go to. He, he, he would... His learning time would be 20 minutes in the ring on the night. Yes. Yeah, with Mick McManus and with Steve Gray and with all the other, you know, fantastic wrestlers at the time. So basically what we're saying is these people don't realise how privileged they are to be able to train in two full-size professional wrestling rings. Yeah. Multiple times a week. Mm-hmm. Private sessions available if they want. Yeah. You know, and if they want to find out more about it, they can. RevolutionProWrestling.com forward slash training. Just email info at RevolutionProWrestling.com. Or PortsmouthWrestling.com also takes you straight there as well. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I gave, I gave that a website out the other day. So, yeah, there we go. We got any others you want to cover? Uh, let's just wrap it up. Yeah? Because uh, I my theory is that people will see this as a negative, but it's really not. It's just designed to, like I said at the start, like all I wanted to do is open people's eyes to the behind-the-scenes uh, activity at the Portsmouth School of Wrestling. Um, and um, and our trials and tribulations. It's not just the trials and tribulations of the trainees. No. Do you know what I mean? Like we are, we do like to encourage, we want to, we want to keep the wrestling business growing in a positive manner. And if our small contribution of our wrestling school can aid that and I'm trying not to be too dramatic but like I'm just trying to say we being such passionate wrestling fans that we are we want the wrestling business to continue and when Mark Sloan shut down the FWA school remember his exact words were and it stuck me forever and I swear when we if we get to this point I don't want to do it anymore Mark's exact words were 
I do not wish to continue to pollute the wrestling business any further. And because what you're saying is people would come wrestling training for four weeks, moan and whinge why they weren't on shows. And then they go out, try and get bookings on the circuit, say they were trained by Mark Sloan at the FWA Academy, which oh, was a I big d- deal. I can't t- yeah, and I can tell you one more story about a lad. I don't even remember his name, so this is how um, this is how significant or insignificant <laughs> it may well be. But I got an email from someone who was trained by Revolution Pro Wrestling. Oh, yeah. Looking for a booking. And this must be the email he sends out to everyone. Yeah. And I was like... Hang on a minute. I think I showed it to you. I was like, who's yeah. this? Yeah, yeah. And like, but yeah, I got someone messaging me looking for work on my shows. Yeah. Saying that he was trained by Revolution Pro Wrestling. And I couldn't even remember who he was. Um, but he obviously had decided that he was a pro wrestler now. Um, and was touting himself out saying he was trained by Revolution Pro Wrestling. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I, I knew who he was. And I think he'd been three or four times. And I swear, three or four times. And that was it. And I also um, remember um, the same... Uh, there's, I also, there's also someone else who's recently started a Twitter account. And I noticed Wrestled4 RPW. Really? In their bio. Oh, okay. And uh, I was like, well, you had one match on a trainee show. Yeah, <laughs> once. yeah. Once. Uh-huh. You know, but yeah. you kind of obviously, uh, it's just. But you know, you could take that as a bit of a compliment. You know, no, yeah, obvi- no, obviously. Not, but yeah. like the point. But what I'm saying is like I don't want to. But you, I'm just following on your point as saying like I don't want to have. Um, uh, I don't. You know, I don't. Um, I. I. When when you say about Mark saying, you know, Pulling I don't want business. to pollute the business any further. I'm not saying we're polluting the business any further or polluting the business at all what i'm saying is i don't want i don't want people to say i'm a revolution pro wrestling wrestler i trained at revolution pro wrestling if the reality is they didn't really yeah they train came with us. you know they came for three or four saturdays and then yeah, yeah and then decided oh i'm a yeah you know and mm-hmm. use that to try and further them and and i'm all for and like i said like i'm all for people coming to a training school to get themselves in front of me to try and uh, earn a spot on the show but then, but people come into the training school just to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm trained at Revolution Pro. Yeah, Wrestling I'll uh, I'll tick that box as, yeah, I know yeah. what you're saying. So, um, okay, that's it really. Yeah. So, okay. but yeah, I hope that was uh, somewhat insightful. All these names, you can look them all up on Twitter and Facebook to put a face, put a <laughs> face to the name if you want. Go on my friends list. They'll probably all be on there still. Or they won't because some of them may have blocked you. Well, if they have, that's their fault, not mine. Who was it? You, someone we were talking about a wrestler. We won't name names. <laughs> were we? What? Who's blocked me? No, not who's blocked you, but said when you break up with an ex. Yeah. Just delete all text messages. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Delete yeah. all text messages. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one of our friends has just broken up with his girlfriend. He's obviously particularly sad about it, and I gave the advice of saying, right, my best friend who's a wrestler said, when he, when this happens to him, and I fully adopted this philosophy, delete the nu- keep the number because you want to ignore the calls, okay, but. Delete all photos, delete all texts, get rid of it. It's it's done. You can't mope about it and re re. You know, you people could block say the number if you wanted. I guess you could, yeah, yeah. But um, you know, there's no good like rereading the old lovey dovey text because it will just make you worse. Just get rid of it. It's a negative you don't need in your life anymore. Accept so there you go. It. That's some real life, real life advice. Accept there. it and move on. There we go. Yeah.
How is that watch of yours? It probably got sold on. So that happened in Bulgaria. I've lost a really expensive watch on the beach. And obviously in Bulgaria and all these places, they sell knockoff watches, don't they? So it, somebody probably just thought it was a fake. Maybe threw it in the bin, but it wasn't. It was actually a very, very expensive, genuine... I can't remember the brand. I can't remember. It's bloody expensive. Though. I bought it in Vegas, didn't I? Mm. Yeah, I just broke up. I just broke up with a girl. That was it. And I decided you to treat myself. Then, yeah, I was sad then. But I did exactly what my own advice. Deleted the text messages, deleted everything. The only problem was we were still living together. <laughs> <laughs> we were still together, living together for another four weeks. Uh. Yeah. So there you go. Um, I hope that's helped you out, everyone. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed yourselves, kids. Yeah. Back next week, we're going to bring the... Um, Thingy back next week, aren't we? The what? Scrapbook. Yeah, why not? It's part two of the scrapbook. Let's let's bring it back. Yeah. There's still plenty more to go in there. Cool. Cool. Thanks everyone for listening. Follow Don't me on Twitter at Aquilden A Q U I L D A N. And follow me on Twitter at Boy Simmons, B O Y S I M M O N Z. And we'll we'll talk to you next week. Alright. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>